Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Let's pick up where we left off. As Michael Jordan said last night, he still hates the bad boy Pistons to this day. And the reason why, as he said, oh, I hated them. And he had a couple of other unmentionable names that he had in there. And part of the reason why he hated them is because, well, Isaiah didn't do this. In that moment when we had lost, and remember, we were champions. So we were coming down from the throne. They were ascending to the throne. And everybody's emotions are different during that particular time. While we were coming down and they were rising during that emotional period of time, did we do everything correctly? No. Did they do everything correctly? No. But that was it. You know, we we walked off. We didn't shake their hands. And if you want to contextualize it, there's a lot of other stuff that was going on around that situation. But, you know, that that's what happened. That was Isaiah Thomas, who was on with uh, Barton Hahn earlier today. And, of course, Bill Lambeer, who we found out was, if you listened, if you saw the show last night, it was his idea to not shake their hands. Talked about that on The Jump. Cried and cried for a year and a half. Uh, about how how bad we were for the game, but more importantly, they, 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 they were bad people. We weren't bad people. We were just basketball players winning, and that really stuck with me because they didn't know who we were or what we were about as individuals in our family life. So all that whining they did, why shake their hand? They were just whiners. They won. They won the series. Give them credit. We got old. They got past us. But okay, move on. Here's what's funny: when you filed Bill Lambeer. He whined more than anybody else, but he would inflict the punishment. He and Rick Mahorn, they really did. And so did John Sally, who was on Vlad TV, who talked about how the beef between Isaiah and Michael got started. Isaiah goes home and his nephew is wearing a Bulls jersey, Michael Jordan Bulls jersey. Okay. He said, hey, what, what, what are you doing? We're in Chicago. This is my team. This is his nephew. He, he not really understanding that. It's the great Isaiah Thomas place of Detroit. We don't wear that. We wear this. But I'm I'm from Chicago. I'm I'm down with the with the bull movement. Isaiah was mad at that. Not to Michael personally. In his brain, every time I play against this dude, I'ma try to get I'ma try to go off so my nephew sees this is the jersey you should wear. Never at Michael. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a story. But it was interesting for John Sally to say last night that he actually told Chuck Daly to put him back in the game because he didn't want to do what Bill Lambeer was doing. He had no problem because he was he was cool with Michael. He had no problem staying on the court and shaking the Bulls' hands along with their coach, the late Chuck Daly, who did that as well. Speaking of the NBA, they won't reopen facilities until May 8th at the earliest. This after the Hawks were unwilling to immediately reopen their practice facility for players to return for limited workouts. NBA announces pushing it back to the 8th. League had been planning to reopen facilities starting with the Hawks because Georgia had been among the first states to loosen staying home orders amid the coronavirus pandemic. Now, Brian Windhorst, who was on, who was part of the Hoops Collective podcast, was asked, so how committed is the NBA to returning? I'm not sure that the NBA wants to do this. I mean, all I've heard from Adam Silver is, number one, the health and safety of our players is number one. Number two, we're not going to make any changes to anything until the doctors who we are consulting say it's okay. And I think they've been talking about listening to the WHO and the CDC, and I haven't seen them say that. And number three, you have this problem with certain teams in some states being allowed back in, certain teams in some states not being allowed back in. I don't know what they're going to do, but this is a mess. 
By the way, Brian Windhorst will be on with Barton Hahn tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon between one and three. Let's move to the NFL. Joe Douglas was on the Michael K show today and he was asked about, did you draft enough weapons for Sam Darnold offensively? That was the emphasis going in. You know, when we were at 48, you know, we had an opportunity to where we had a, we had a strong pool of players to choose from. There was a lot of sweating going on when we moved back to 59. We felt that we still had an opportunity to get a great player and it felt perfectly to get Mims. You know, another instances where we had a we had a pool of players there were wideouts in part of that pool but again i go back to the the discussions that we had prior to the draft in those discussions you know we had we had the player comparisons um so really we just executed the game plan and we went best player available and of course the guys asked joe douglas about picking up jamal adams fifth year option yeah, so uh, picking up the option, I mean, we, we of course, we were going to do that um, and excited to do it, talk at length about how excited we are to have Jamal and how, how good of a player he is. We will, at some point, get to get together with him and his representatives uh, once we tie up everything uh, on our end from the draft. Now, Adam's supposed to make $9.9 million this year on the fifth-year option. I think they will extend him and keep him a Jet. Speaking of the draft, Mel Kuyper Jr. was on DPHO Canty in Rothenburg today, and he was asked, has Dave Gettleman fixed that Giants offensive line? I really think he's on his way to doing it. I, mean, I like Tom. Thomas. The only thing Thomas has to work on is he's a little high, plays a little high, uh, and then he gives away up some inside pressure at times. Uh, but they'll work on that technically. He's got great feet. He's a, he's a tremendous kid. He didn't make mistakes. He's really smart. He wants to be great. Uh, they raved about his work ethic and his knowledge of the game uh, when I talked talk to them back this past summer. So again, uh, I think he will. I think certainly Matt Peart, you got to develop him. He needs a year of coaching. Uh, I think you look at Lemieux. Lemieux, as you said, is a veteran uh, who was, I thought, a solid guard. Not great, but solid. And I thought he was one of the better. Penny Sewell is going to be a, a top two, three pick next year, the left tackle. He was their next best lineman. I thought he was much better than Throckmorton of the linemen. So I, I like Lemieux from that standpoint. So yes, I think for what they had, the depth of tackle wasn't good to get Peart where they did made a lot of sense. So, yeah, I would give them a lot of credit for doing the best they could to try to help this offensive line. Listen, everybody knew the offensive line needed help. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons at the, as a pass rusher, as a big-time player, to, as an impact player on the defensive side of the football would have been nice. But your priority is, like I tell you, no matter how the game changes, it doesn't change. It's built from the lines back. Offensive line, defensive line, you win in the trenches. So, Mel, how did the Jets draft go? A little surprised with the quarterback in the fourth round, but uh, James Morgan was a guy I'd highlighted as a late-round pick who I thought could have a chance to maybe be a starter down the road. Bryce Hall would have gone higher had it not been for the injury. P. Ryan can catch the ball out of the backfield very effectively. And, of course, uh, Ashton Davis had not been for the injury. A lot of people are thinking cornerback or safety, uh, certainly special teams. He's great, so uh, he made sense. So they really got a lot. Of, and Braden Mann can boom the football. I mentioned Shane Leckler came out of Texas A&M, and Braden Mann's got a huge leg. Cameron Clark, if you're wondering about him coming out of Charlotte, he did a great job in that Clemson game. That was what I really highlighted with him when he was drafted. Is when you do what he did against Clemson and those athletes there, that I think made Cameron Clark a prospect that did, yeah, looked a little interesting when he when he came off the board. And Lord knows the Jets need help at punter. You know, over the last two weeks, 98.7 ESPN celebrated the return of football with the Draft Challenge. That's where we asked our listeners to predict the results of the first 11 picks of the NFL Draft for a chance to win four tickets to the Jets' home opener, plus the jersey of the Jets' first-round pick, Mecky Becton. 
So we assigned a point for every correct pick and two points for correct Jets and Giants pick. The results are in. Listen, we've got some smart folks. We had a tie at eight points, and as stated in the official rules, the winner will be selected via random drawing from all entrants with the highest score. So the winner of the 2020 Draft Challenge is Ryan O'Neill from Blauvelt, New York. Congratulations, Ryan, and thank you to everyone who participated. From all of us here at 98.7 ESPN.